We are in the book of James. We just started cracking the book of James last week. And we're going to take our time. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you right now for another opportunity to break the bread of life. Pray that you would use me, that no flesh be glorified, but that you would be glorified. Speak, open the ears of our hearing, that we may hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We give you glory, honor, and praise for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Last week we talked about how we are to go through the trials and the temptations that we face. Somebody say, we all go through. We are to go through with joy knowing that God is at work on our behalf. And that he is working on us and that he is developing us into the people we are called to be so that we can walk in the blessings that he has prepared for us. We also see how patience is being developed through the trying of our faith. Somebody say that. Patience is being developed through the trying of my faith. Your patience is not being tried. Your faith is being tried. Patience is being developed. Something is being developed that is not all the way mature, but you already have the starting ground for that development. God says that he's given to every man a measure of faith. He cannot ask me to develop patience if I don't have faith. So everybody got some kind of faith. Now, Hebrews 11.1 lets us know what faith is. It says, now, faith is the substance. Somebody say substance. I'm going to teach before we preach. We're going to get this. Now, faith is the substance. That means substance, tangible thing. Faith is the tangible thing. Faith is the real thing. Faith is the object. Now, I know you think faith is a spiritual thing. It is. Everything spiritual is real. Everything you see is not. Oh, my God. Okay, okay. Faith is the substance of the thing hoped for. What is hoped for? That's either the dream, the vision, or the word that God has put in you. It's what your faith, the tangible thing, has to have something to attach itself to. Right. Otherwise, there's no need for faith. So if God gave me a measure of faith before I ever, at the beginning, that means there's always something for me to attach it to. That means there's always going to be something that I'm going after. So faith is the substance of things hoped for. If you ain't got no hope, that's why it's a terrible thing to lose hope. That's why the Bible says they were without God and without hope in the world. That's chaos. Because when you're dealing with somebody that has nothing to hope for, that person is very dangerous. That's what we see in our streets. If nobody's going to give our children hope, 
What I got to do right for? I could just, whatever. There's no hope. Okay. But it is the thing hoped for and it is the evidence of the thing not seen. Now, miss this, check this. It is the evidence of the thing not seen. So faith is the substance, the tangible thing that the thing I'm hoping for, the dream, the hope, the vision. But it is the evidence of the thing that I can't see. The thing that I am, I'm hoping for, I can't see. But the thing that I have that's tangible is my faith. The thing that I'm hoping for, I can't see. But the thing I have, I can't see. The thing I'm hoping for, I can't see, but the thing I, I have is what I can't see. But there has to be evidence, uh-oh, check it out, of the thing that I can't see. What does that mean? That means faith is evident in the process of believing. In other words, faith will show up in how we conduct ourselves. The things that we do and the things that we won't do. Because if I have a vision, if I have a dream, if I have a hope, then it's going to dictate how I conduct my life. Otherwise, I can't say I have faith. Mm, that's why the Bible says without faith without works is dead. What's dead? The thing you're hoping for. You won't see it. Because you don't have the works that accompany what you have. Oh, God. What we're going to learn is as we grow, uh oh, is we don't need to give God a to do list. Right? That's what he told us last week. So you have no need to ask of anything. And we learned that last week, the reason we don't have to ask for anything is because we want God, we give God all, right? That's what we all said last week. We were shouting, Lord, all, the Lord of all. He has to be the Lord of all. And if he's Lord of all, then you don't have no, have, you don't have no reason to ask him for anything because he has it all and he knows what you need. Okay. He already knows. He said, he, the Jeremiah 29, 11. Come on, church folk. Y'all preach it. Y'all say it all day long. The devil is alive. My thing ain't going to freeze. All right, here we go. Let me pull that back out. Let me, I'm going to go back out. I'm going to go back in. Sometimes you got to do this. Maybe it's my finger. Get rid of it like that. Swipe. Somebody say swipe, pastor. Y'all don't watch Dora. Swiping, no swiping. I swear, if all my notes are gone, I can't. It's in my notes. All right. I, I don't know yet, but I know Deborah is not the one to help technology-wise. <laughs> Let me see. See, why is that doing that to my notes? It's on my phone. Get my phone. I preach for my phone. I did that. And so, as I was saying, the Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans. Yeah, you figure this out for me and then bring it back for me. Thank you very much. There we go. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, because he has the plans, we have to learn to be patient and let God's will be done. 
Somebody say he has the plans. Right? And because his plans are to prosper us, we have to understand that because he wants to prosper us, I don't have to make anything happen if I know that the God who has the plan has a good plan for my life. Is it making sense? Knowing everything we go through in this life is so we can be crowned champions of a spiritual warfare gives us peace. God has not designed for any of his children to lose. We have already gotten the victory. But that doesn't mean we don't have to fight. We already have victory. It's already ours. But that doesn't mean we don't have to fight. So what am I fighting for? I'm not fighting for victory. Because victory is already mine. I'm fighting against those who are coming after my crown. Thank you, thank you, daughter. There we go. Look at God. I just had to find out where we was. Okay, here we go. Preach, pastor. Tell your neighbor. Say, neighbor, you don't know what these crowns cost me. You don't know what these crowns cost me. That's what I'm going to preach from this morning. I need to give you a little bit more history on the book and its author. The book of James was actually one of the first letters written. It was written before Paul's letters. Catch this. It's important. Including the book of Romans. James deals with how our beliefs should affect our behavior. He wasn't saying that we're saved by our works. But he was saying our works are evidence that we are saved. Hmm. See, Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, Luther the Reformer. Because when you say that, you got to clarify, I didn't know Martin Luther was saying that. But anyway, Luther, Reformation of the church, broke away right he did Luther didn't like the book of James and if you ever studied it sometimes James will make you have to rethink your salvation but we gonna break that rock too he didn't like the book of James he didn't even think it should be included in the canon because he was liberated from the Catholic Church the universal church and we go through the theology, bro. We already taught that. We taught theology one-on-one. Somebody we understands that we're all Catholic. All Catholic means is universal, one church. Then it broke away and became the Roman Catholic. And he was under that, but he broke out of that system. And he was liberated by the book of Romans. Being justified by faith. And so when he read James, he felt that James had it all wrong. Because he got a hold of Paul's letter and read it for himself and got an understanding that I can't work for my salvation. What Luther should have understood is that James was written before Paul. And that Paul was not contradicting James, but rather bringing it into clearer vision of what Jesus had gone. Y'all not going to say nothing. Sometimes it takes time for revelation to develop. 
It was because what you when you first got saved, when you read the Bible, you only knew about Noah. But as you grow, then uh, there, there comes more revelation. If that's why you can go back and read a scripture that you didn't understand before, read it now, and God begins to open up that scripture. That's a revelation, and revelation grows. If I preach the same message I preached when I started preaching, it's going to be a whole nother message. But it was clearing up some doctrinal issues, right? The other important truth is we have to understand the persecution of the church that the church and James were actually under. Christians would be shunned. It wasn't cool to be a Christian. It wasn't cool to have your cross draped out with, you know, fake ice. I'm just going to say that. I'm going to leave it out there. But that wasn't a cool thing. Matter of fact, it was so, it was such a bad thing that family members, if you said you was a Christian, they would, your family would have a physical funeral. And spiritually, you would be in the box. They would count you dead. They wouldn't buy from you. So their money was messed up. They was throwing. Their family didn't want nothing. Some of y'all, the family part don't matter to you because your family don't want you now. So you're not really upset about that. But the thing, oh, we're going to be the truth. Amen. Let the church be, you know, so that ain't really bother you because we all got family members that really don't really, you ain't feeling them either. But anyway. But when you start messing with the money part, now I can't make no money. It's a whole nother issue. I don't know about this Christian thing, but I can't. Ooh. James himself was martyred. They chased James to the highest part of the temple. He was the leader of the Jerusalem church. That was the church. That was the potter's house back then. That was the church. They chased him to the top of the pinnacle of the temple and threw him off. There was no we, mom. Just, you know, I'm just helping you. There was no we. So as we study through this, we're going to see James address five areas of practical Christian living. He's going to deal with trials that are associated with temptations, faith mixed with deeds, speech, wisdom, prayer, all in no specific order, because we're going to see very clearly that James is very unorganized in how he writes. But we're still dealing with the trials and the temptations. And what we have to be comforted with, church, is that these trials and temptations are not the result of a bad God, but are a result of a fallen world. There is going to be trouble. He never promised you that getting saved would be a bed of roses. He never said there wasn't going to be hard times in your family, in your marriage, in your money, in your sanity. He never said there was never going to be that time. He said never said you was never going to be sick. He said never said you was never going to be down. But he did promise you would not lose. So let me, I know y'all saying, Pastor, get to the text. I ain't even get to the text yet. It's, y'all still, do I got a little time? Yeah. So let's read James chapter one. 
we're dealing with verse 5, but for y'all heathens that didn't come last week, let me read verses. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> let me read verses 1 through 4. James, yeah, everybody that was here laughed. Those that weren't didn't laugh, find that funny, did they? But anyway, James, a servant of God, just purpose not to be a heathen next week. Come be talking about y'all. All right, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into virus temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have a perfect work that you may perfect entire wanting nothing. Then he says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraid it not, and it shall be given him. Why do we need to ask for wisdom? I'm glad you asked, Pastor. Well, the reason is because life demands it. Life demands wisdom. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 5 through 8. The Bible says this, get wisdom. Get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all your getting, get an understanding. Exalt her, and she will promote you. She shall bring you honor when you embrace her. Somebody say wisdom. When I'm going through a trial or a temptation, I need wisdom. Now, knowledge is the accumulation of information. Knowledge is Google. Knowledge is YouTube. Knowledge is TikTok. Knowledge is Facebook. Knowledge is, come on, y'all help me. What? Knowledge is, a somebody say it's a bunch of knowledge out there. It's a bunch of knowledge. Knowledge is so accessible. Do you know the more you know, the dumber you could be? Do you know that the reason Luther separated because in the Catholic Church, in order to keep it universal, their whole thing was nobody else could read the Bible? But only those priests and those and their, their, their premise was this. If everybody gets their hands on this information, they're going to mess it up. Hence Google. Not everybody needs to know how to make a bomb. That knowledge, that's information, his understanding, the interpretation of that information. Because just because you have the knowledge doesn't mean you have the understanding. So you got to not only get knowledge, you got to get understanding that is pertaining to that knowledge. But wisdom, oh Jesus, is the application of the knowledge that has been understood. Wisdom is the application of the knowledge that has been understood. And a lot of people don't have wisdom, not worldly wisdom, worldly wisdom. Jesus, he, he, Paul addresses that in first Corinthians chapter three, 18 through 19. He says, let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seem to be wise in this world, let that man become a fool that he may be wise for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he takes the wise in their own craftiness. Worldly wisdom is life experience. 
Oh my God. See, when we need wisdom when we're dealing with temptations. Why? Because we need God's plan and God's strategy on how to overcome. There's only, he said, I'll make a way of escape. He knows the way of escape. Not you, not your neighbor, not your girlfriend. He has the way of escape. And a lot of times our trials have to do with people. And because we are united in spirit, our lives are dependent and the success of others are dependent on us breaking free. I'm going to say that again. Because we're united, when I get in a struggle, my family gets in a struggle. When I'm being tried, my family's being tried. So me coming out of that is dependent on the success of my family. Now, it's going to get deep before it get good. Somebody say it's going to get deep. Put on your God. We can can handle it. Uh, Watch this. Not every trial has the same DNA. So just because you got out of it with the wisdom God gave you about your trial doesn't mean I can get out the same way. It can help me. It can encourage me, but I should never take it as law. Am I making sense? What's good for you may not be good for somebody else. A lot of people look at me and my wife's story and know that we've been married for 18 years. We've been together 25. Seven of those years were struggle. I was still addicted to cocaine, in and out. I was relapsing back and forth, in and out. But So we went through that, and she prayed, and God gave her the strategy to deal with the struggle that we were going through, right? And now we come, so when we counsel people, and when we tell people, they look at, and they say, well, you know what, you was with pastor through that struggle, so I could go ahead and stay with, that might, no, 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 no. Because what we had to do from what God wanted us to do is different from the DNA that may be for your struggle. When I was in the midst, when my mother, she shared the testimony, when she found out I had drugs and guns in the house and she put me out at the age of 15, she still had to trust God, but she had to get that word from God putting me out. So she can't go tell everybody to put their son out. Because that might not work for you. The thing is your ears got to be open to the godly wisdom of the plan for your house. And tell people. And the worst thing to go through in a trial is to have somebody else sticking their head up in your house trying to tell you. Isn't that funny? How people can tell you what to do in your struggle. But they don't know how to handle their own. Somebody say, I need wisdom. Now, it's going to get tighter. Let him ask in faith, not wavering. For he that wavers like the wave of the sea driven by the wind and tossed. Don't let that man think he's going to receive anything of the Lord. When I read this before, 
the revelation before the study. If you read this, you're saying, man, if I'm double-minded, that means I'm not going to get anything from the Lord. How many of y'all could be honest and say we double-minded? Mm-hmm. Look at your neighbor that they don't got their hand up and tell them they lying. Say they, they, they just proved that they double-minded. Yeah, just tell them they double-minded just right in their face. If you don't see their hand, yeah, just let them know. Yep, that's what a double mind is because you didn't put your hand up. All right, so listen. When you study scripture, you have to understand context. And a lot of times we take scripture out of context. And we build a whole doctrine around a scripture not understanding the context. James wrote this in context. Somebody say in context. He is not schizophrenic in his writing. He is dealing with faith. And he is dealing with trials. So when he says, if you need wisdom for your trial, ask in faith. Don't be double-minded because you're not going to receive anything. That anything could not mean anything. Because obviously God has given me the breath of life. Obviously God has put food on my table. Obviously every blessing I got comes from God. Obviously God is my provider of everything. So God must be giving me something. So he can't be talking about anything. What he is talking about is you're not going to get the breakthrough that you want that is tied to the wisdom you need for this situation. He says, don't ask me for the wisdom, the way to get out. Oh, my God. See, Israel, whenever they got in trouble, they scream help. God knew they was going to go back. You read through the Old Testament, help, go right back. Help, go right back. Help, Lord, go right back. God, send them into bondage. Help. When you ask God for help, that's faith. Anybody you ask for help says, I have faith that you are able to bring me out of whatever situation I'm in. Some of you, the only reason you came to church on today is because not that you do not have faith. The very fact that you walk through the door says you have faith. Y'all better help me. Your faith may just be that I need help, but you knew where to come to to get that help. Oh my God. So in spite of their constant rebellion, in spite of the fact that God knew where they was going to go back and forth, he still reached out because he saw their faith. He said, that, oh, y'all better help me. But he says this. The double-minded mindset is this. You don't want to apply the wisdom that God gives for the deliverance you want. Ooh, one minute you want help, the next minute you right back in it. Uh, have you ever asked God to deliver you from something you like? And when God delivers you pulling at it, no God, don't take, no, 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 no. But you just asked me to bring you out. No, 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 no. I 
want deliverance from this man. Move. I, I don't want to move. I don't. No, Lord, no. You go to the doctor because you're sick. They give you a prescription. You don't want the prescription. They trying to kill me. They don't know what's in there. He ain't going to take the pill. You, no, I don't want to take one of them. That devil is a lie. Let me go get a second opinion. So you're asking God to deliver you, but you're double-minded because you won't follow the prescription so you can't receive what you want. That's why he says don't ask him for it because you're not going to receive anything. Don't get mad at God because you ain't free from what you're asking God to free you from. Get mad at yourself because you don't want to let it go. Just be honest. I think if we could just deal with that on bad, if we could just deal, because I've come to realize over the 15 years of ministry that people just don't want to be free. I always ask the question, why did Jesus have to ask the woman to, or the man, do you want to be made whole? Like, that's a stupid question. I've been in this for 13 years. Do you want to be, I feel like having some church. Come tell, listen, do you want to, you know how many times God asked me that question? Do you want to be made whole? Yes. Well, put the pipe down. Huh? Do you want to be made whole? Yes. Well, stop going on that street. Do you want to be made whole? Yes. Well, stop, get the number out your cell phone. Do you want to be made whole? Yes. Well, go, nah, I'm not going to say nothing. See, y'all being quiet. That's why I'm going to stay right here till the Holy Spirit come through and ask you the same question do you want to be made whole and some of you ain't got nothing to do with it it's your mindset you keep allowing the enemy to bring your mind back to a place where you were hurt where you were did wrong where you can't get over the past the devil is alive do you want to be made whole you cannot be made whole bringing a half a past back up into anything so the truth is you don't want to be whole. You want to feel good. You want to be blessed and feel good. You want the blessing that comes out of married sex, but you keep freaking. Some of you'll be whole if you just keep your pants up. Have you never said you can't be whole and naked at the same time? Come on. All right, come on. Then it sounds like he, it sounds like, listen, it sounds like he um loses his mind. Like he, what he's about, like, like what he's about to say next has nothing to do. With what he's talking about. You ever been in a conversation with them people? Yeah. Well, you be talking and then all of a sudden they just go shoo. Yeah. And you're like, um, what was we talking about? 
Not for nothing, older people can really go there on you too. You have a conversation because you be like, then you be praying for dementia not to be there. And you having all kind of fasting and prayer going on because you don't know really what's happening right now. I'm sorry. Pray for me. All right, so, but he does not do that. He he's not really he he hasn't left the room. He he says, "Let a brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he's made low, because as the flower of the grass, he shall soon pass away. For no sun for the sun is no sooner risen on the burning heat with the burning heat, but it withers the grass and the flower falleth, and the grace of the fashion perish. So the rich man fades away." In all his ways. Come on, the, the, the theology class. What is he talking about? You got it right. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Bible study. Simply put, when you're humble in a trial, he says, you need to be humble in a trial. And be humble when you're not. He says, don't judge anyone because they are up or down. Because there is a trial that could come into your life that can melt you. Said it could melt even the best of us. The Bible says that when the enemy comes in, he's going to fool the very elite. That, that's how good he is. That Listen, if the enemy can fool the elite and you won't study your Bible. That's why you could go to some churches. They don't got to teach like this, uh, Pastor Mon. They ain't got to teach like this. All they got to do is say, the blessing is coming. Yeah. And the whole church go running. It's your season. <laughs> Money cometh. You broke, you ain't got job the first. Money, I see a husband in your future. Don't know you a lesbian. But anyway, I'm just saying. Just because you're rich in faith in one moment, don't be judging people who are poor in faith at the next. Stay humble. That's why the Bible says, he who's strong, bear the infirmities of the weak. Don't judge somebody because they're weak in that moment. Because in the very next moment, they could be the strength that you need. Isn't it funny how the boy they said was going to be nothing but a crackhead and be buried in it now is your pastor. You don't know what, 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 what. Stay humble. We all go through. 
So we don't got to get up here and next level. I'm talking to the camp. Don't come up in here and act like, oh, the Lord is blessing me. No, and you going through all hell. Listen, I'm, I, I, I believe God, but I'm going through something right now that's making me a little upset in my spirit. And I need you to pray with me and for me. Y'all not going to say nothing. Don't judge the fact that I feel a little weak in my flesh right now. Could we be honest enough? Sisters, could do you got a sister that you could be honest enough to call her up at, after you don't watch every Hallmark movie and say, you know what? I'm tired of being lonely. I just need y'all to pray your sister through. Y'all better help me. I, I'm about to go through my phone and call John. He'll come by, drop off a steak. Y'all better help me. Brothers, do you got a brother that you could call and say, you know what? I need you to pray for me because these Negroes over here are trying me and I know I'm Pastor Dre, but I'm about to get a case. Y'all better see, stop it. I'm so sick of phony church folk. Because I done met some real ugly, mean ushers. I was in a funeral, had an usher come by. Give you any spit that out. I'm mourning right now. I will slap the teeth out your mouth talking about a piece of gum while I'm mourning. Can we be nice? Look what she wearing in the church. That's why I'm up here preaching just like that. Look what, how dare her come in here with that little skirt looking like, oh my God, do you see that? Do you see judging people trying on it? Why don't you go in your pocket, Miss Rich Folk, and take her shopping? How about that? Why don't you take her to Macy's or uh, Marshall's or do something instead of judging somebody else? You don't know what that took for that person to come up in the house of God. You don't know what the heck. Y'all better help me. The things they went through and this next level you already know we done had jokers run up in here we're calling females out had to go out the pulpit beat up people <laughs> y'all better help me that's why you see these golf clubs and everything else around this ain't no pop-up golf course we gonna knock you upside your head then pray for you And as I close this wonderful, powerful message, I know y'all saying, well, what that mean that you don't know what these crowns cost? Because exactly what I mean, I know what I'm preaching. These crowns cost. <laughs> he says, blessed is the man. Who want to be blessed? Everybody want to be blessed. But we don't want to be tried. Your blessing comes through your trial. Do you know that your blessing is in the midst of a storm? Do you know that is your blessing? That's where it's at. It's in the hurricane. It's in the tornado. It's in the whirlwind. That's where your blessing is. I bet you let me walk on the water. Come on. Because your blessing is not in that boat. 
your, your blessing is out here on this water but you, you gotta be bold enough and have enough faith to say I'm gonna leave what was behind oh y'all better help me y'all so he says blessed is the man that endures temptation blessed is the man that a temptation a storm a trial the whirlwind I gotta endure it I don't step out of it I stay in it because because when I'm tried when when the storm understands that it can't take me out when 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 I stand on the fact that no weapon formed against me shall prosper when I stand on the word of God that I shall not be moved when I stand out he says after that you're gonna receive the crown of life which God promised to them that love him now I ain't gonna get too deep but there are five crowns listed in the Bible oh my God the imperishable crown that is the crown that cannot fade away that that is the crown that God says don't put your treasure in earthly things that can draw must rust and they can decay but I want an imperishable crown there is a crown of rejoicing that we will receive on that day when we see him face to face and there'll be no more crying no more pain y'all better help me there is a crown of righteousness which is not my own righteousness but the blood of Jesus Christ that's who we stand in his righteousness oh and then there is the crown of glory that is the crown that God puts on the head of those who shine for him y'all better help me and then the last one is the crown of life that is the crown you get when you just go through life and come out victorious y'all better help me somebody say these crowns cost me you don't understand a crown is a badge and it's a trophy it is something that says you have won it is a something that says you have earned the right to be on the stage it is a, a reef that they put like in the Olympics somebody say these crowns cost me what I'm trying to tell you is if you go through the trial if you go through the temptation if you don't fall if you don't faint God said I'm going to crown you with life not so that you can have it but that's so somebody else can have life all the hell you went through all the trials you came out of all the addictions you ever overcame that's why the Bible says we are more than conquerors through Christ I am an overcomer everything I went through when I went through crack addiction and I came out with victory I got a crown when I was the chief liar and don't lie no more at least not like I used to I got a crown when I got over y'all not gonna say nothing tap your neighbor say neighbor you don't know what this cost me I had to go through hell I had to cry sometimes I had to weep sometimes I was in the hospital they said I'd never make it but I came out with victory do I got victory up in this house anybody been through anything
never let anybody judge your crown. That is why before they crucified Christ, they made a crown of thorns. They were mocking the fact that he had victory. But when he came about that tomb, he left that crown right in that tomb. And then he sat at the right hand and was crowned King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Comforter, my healer, my deliverer, my... He was betrayed. He was lied on. What about Joseph? Where his brothers betrayed him, sold him out. They lied on him, put him in prison, chased him out of his clothes, all because he had faith in a dream. But he was not afraid to use his gift in front of a king that put him in prison. I just want to ask you, are you strong enough to bless somebody that did you dirty? I knew you wasn't going to preach on it. I know you wasn't going to shout. But sometimes when you know that you got a crown on your head and ain't nothing they can do about it, you can go in and bless those that curse you and that talk about you and that lie on you. Why? Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I'm going to own it all. Joseph was made second in charge. Second in charge. Tap your neighbor and say, I'm second in charge. Jesus left you with power and authority. Jesus said, you got the power to walk on demons. Straight on scorpions. Walk on. Next time something go on in your life, instead of getting mad at the trial, say, God, thank you for trusting me with another crown. Let's say, say, God, thank you for trusting me with another crown. Now, can I go ahead and put the icing on the cake? I know you're happy about the crowns you got on your head. If you read the Bible, the Bible talks about women. The hair is the crown. It's the crown. That's why some of y'all, Debbie's sister said, you don't know what this crown cost me. Because some of it ain't yours, but it, you paid for it. But anyway, I'm just going to help you. Every last crown we get is going to be laid at his feet. You will not go to heaven empty-handed. He said they all laid all their crowns. What you go through is not for you. It's because God saw that you were strong enough to handle it. 
Trials are a compliment. Not everybody made it out of what you made it out of. And somebody going through what you went through right now, they lost their mind. And some of the things you went through had you right there on the verge of suicide. Like I might as well just end it. My life don't mean it. But, but God, it, that, that little bit of faith, that, that spark, that thing that was right there that said, you know what? I can't end it all because God put too much in me. He created me with a purpose. I, you can never allow anybody, no person, no person to devalue who you are because of what you go through. Did I tell you that your trial is not just for you? But a lot of times your trial is so that you can realize who around you is fake. Because if you can't go with me through my struggle, then why let you reap the benefits of this blessing? Now, I'm going to say this in close. This is my last. How many clothes, Kelly? There's three. All right, we're done. I'm letting you out of here next week. But I need to say this. Because I think, I don't even think, I know it's going to save somebody's life. And I'm going to give you a tangible illustration. If I am with somebody that is going through I don't have to be with them in order to believe God for them. Because some people will say, well, it's pastor. It would be like I'm not having faith if I decide to not. No, no. Because sometimes, let me help you. When my mother kicked me out, it wasn't because she didn't believe God was going to deliver me. When my, when my before wife decided, we're no longer in relationship, but I'm believing God. She never let me know she was believing God for us. She was believing God for what she needed to believe God for in that. In my mind, I thought we were still together. I needed that to hold on to hope because I, I don't know, whatever worked. But I thought, because I, she told me today, and I still don't remember when we ever broke up, but obviously it happened. I just wasn't told about it. But anyway. <laughs> but that doesn't mean she doesn't have faith. Because let me help you. A lot of times people can't come into their godness until they're released from peopleness. And if we were never together, if God never brought that together, she always shares the testimony that the trial we went through taught her. It, it, was, a, it was a teaching lesson. So at the end of the day, she would have been better and I would have been better, even if he didn't put it together. So don't get fooled. Don't mix emotion with faith. 
listening. Somebody right now is going through something. This word was for them. They didn't understand that what was happening was God was maturing them through a struggle, a trial, a weakness. But he's been speaking to you. This isn't a call to join the church. Because our sisters joined last week and it was a blessing. Amen. God smiled on us. And I was praying. I said, because I don't know if everybody was in prayer every night for you. Every night. Just that. Because a lot of times you join a ministry and then and a lot of people come here and they join. And they join through emotion. And then you don't see them anymore. So we we really we we really don't y'all really snuck in because <laughs> we really don't let people just join because a lot of times you gotta you gotta get the feel for what a ministry is and be a part and we would have covered you and you covered but I'm glad you showed up because it's serious business amen and that's a blessing so we thank God for that but this is a call for salvation if you do not know Jesus. If you know about him, but you want him in your life, you, you, you really decide, you know what? I'm tired of living the way I've been living, and I need God in my life. If that's you, you come. You come. Refuse to go out the way you came in. And at least have the assurance of that if you die tonight, you'll be in the presence of the Lord. If that's you, come. Now, maybe you don't have a church and you need a covering. We're not asking that you join, but you need a covering because so many people pop around and go, but you have no covering. And when, you don't, when you're not covered, the enemy can come in. And you're like, I, have, I feel like this might be it, but I'm not sure. But I don't want to leave here uncovered. If that's you, come. And the last call is for the backslider. He said, I'm married to the backslider. You know God. You went away. Been doing some things and you just need to get back home. The prodigal son. Still your father. But you need to return to the lover of your soul. If that's you, come. Now you may be online. You may be on TV. And you want to say this prayer we're going to believe and agree for the salvation of you just repeat father i'm a sinner and i believe that jesus christ died and rose for my sins i ask that he would come into my heart and live his life in me thank you god for saving me if you said that prayer you are of 
you have been inducted into the body of Christ. We pray that you would leave a message on our Next Level Ministries Facebook page, our YouTube page, so that we can get back with you and that we can pray for you and lead you to a Bible-believing church. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for everything that has been said and done in this place. We pray that you would keep us covered, help us to understand the cost of our crowns, the things that we've been through, the things that we are going through, so that, Father, we can hold our head up high and give you glory in every situation. As we leave this place, we do not leave your presence. And let us share with some soul what has been done on today. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and peace.